Hello. Can I speak to whoever over my stimulus check? Oh, hey. How you doing? <laughs> I feel kind of broke doing this, but I haven't been able to sleep since they dropped. Well, I know I don't have kids, but I was expecting to run those two bands down my arm. You know, like the guys. You know what? I'm okay with the 600. Y'all could just send me the rest later. I don't usually do this, but I need that money. And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. I'm Doyen, a.k.a. I forgot who I am. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait. I just asked you about half and half. I didn't mean that. I meant to say heavy whipping cream. Oh, I guess you could. That's half of half and half. What's the other half of half and half? Milk. It's milk and cream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> I so all we have is like sucky creamer left at work for coffee and I didn't stop to get creamer today I mean I could get like you know company creamer but I don't like the creamer they have at work so I always buy creamer on my own and it was just a little bit of pumpkin spice left today I went ahead and used it wasn't my first choice but I went ahead and used it <laughs> so I asked Doya before we started recording, could I put half and half in coffee? But that's not what I meant. I meant heavy whipping cream because I've got like bottles. Because coming off of the holidays, you know, cooking so many things that required, I've got bottles of <laughs> heavy whipping cream. And um, now I'm now I'm confused because I don't know what I thought half and half was. Is it cream and milk <laughs> the same thing? Yeah, but it's like different consistencies. Oh. Okay, so Toya, <laughs> <laughs> tell us what's going on with you. <sighs> so, <laughs> Bless your heart. 2021, y'all, is starting off a little bit bumpy for me. So I was making sweet potato um, chili with the brand new knife my sister got me. And I kept saying, like, watch your fingers. And I was like, I got it. So I was on my last round of it. And I cut myself. <laughs> no, I didn't even know that was a story you were going to tell. No. Yeah. So I'd already had a Rocky play play one until yesterday when I spilled a whole glass of wine on my MacBook. <laughs> oh, bless your heart. I think you're handling it well because, yeah. so guys, we were, I mean, we were ready to record. And then, you know, the misfortunate spill happened. But if it were me, I would probably still be in my feelings. Like, I probably would not be able to just record the next day. <laughs> That's why I was like, girl, if you want to wait, I understand. <laughs> because I would probably still be somewhere, like, so angry with myself. So I finished not the bottle of wine. You deserved it. You deserve <laughs> And you know what? Not even the spill. So this is how you learn from others. Because your spill... <laughs> make me think about the fact I have so much software that I use um, mm -hmm. specifically for recording the pod software that I paid for 
that I don't even know the name of it. Like, I don't know the na- the real names so that I could, you know, if I had to get a new laptop, mm-hmm. look it up and download it again. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put all the names in a safe spot. Because I just That's know the good. icons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing about it was like, they're like, you won't get all your memory back. And luckily, most of my stuff is like the stuff I designed and all that is on my, um, iCloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, okay. Really, I just miss all the downloads I've done in past few months, which is not important because I don't need it anymore. <laughs> yeah, like um, stuff, like important stuff, like that That wasn't even my first thought because, of course, I thought, man, what would I have done if that was me? And, you know, like you said, just about everything is on the cloud that I need. Mm-hmm. The main thing was, I don't know the name. Because even the software, it's all digital. So I just mm-hmm. need my password, which I know where I keep all my passwords and stuff. I just need mm-hmm. my password, but hell, I don't even know the name of this stuff. <laughs> I'll have to say, y'all, we've been on this podcast for two years. And I think this is our first major spill on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so we're so. doing good. And now I have decided I'm going to drink sippy cups, which this is a cup Chris got me, actually. And so sometimes you forget you're awesome. So this is your reminder. See? And it's in rose gold, and it's more secure than me, I guess, <laughs> holding wine glasses. And so that's where we're going with. <laughs> so um, what are you drinking? Or better yet, um. Tell us something that brings you a little joy first, because you've had a rocky start. So, um, uh, it gives me joy, but now I'm sad. So, there's this show called House of Hope yes. on um, HBO Max, and it's basically the real life version of Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> and I love Aunt Tina. I am Aunt Tina, even though she's messy as hell. She came over. <laughs> to wash Leslie's hair so she could get tea on her duty was day. I don't like, understand really anything you just said. She came over to wash Leslie, which is Washington, the older son's wife, hair brought, because she's a hairstylist, so she okay. brought shampoo, everything to wash her hair because she wanted to get tea on who Judy, who is Washington's sister, was dating. Uh, I'm gonna start it tonight. I'm gonna start it's it. It's really I, cute. I everybody just... I know that watches it loves it. <laughs> well, when I first heard about it, it was on a Sunday, and I didn't know what it was because it was House of Hope. And so I was like, maybe I should put some hours between me and church. And and then I forgot about it, and then I watched it, and I love it. It makes me so happy. <laughs> so, what are you drinking tonight? Same thing you're drinking. <laughs> we are finally, we are on one accord one on this accord. podcast. We're starting the podcast on one accord this year. And Touch we and are agree. Drinking, <laughs> sorry, uh, we are drinking the 19 Crimes Cali Red with Snoop Dogg. It's delicious. <laughs> so my cousin made a post on Facebook and I saw the wine in the background and I immediately like jumped on and left her message. It was like, where did you find that? I have looked everywhere. Everyone told me no one has it in Mississippi. (laughs) 
She did not respond to me on her post. She texted me instead, <laughs> told me which which liquor store to go to, and she was like, "Girl, I wasn't gonna tell everybody because I think they're the only place that has it." And <laughs> I, th- well, anyway, I'm gonna keep my other opinions to myself, but. I think Mississippi is mad because Snoop Dogg won't really claim us like he should. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're like, we're not carrying that wine. <laughs> Mississippi is stupid when it comes to alcohol and wines and beers and all that stuff. And so I really like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm not sure if, um, I just think it's weird that this place has it. And mm-hmm. um, especially when I got to the place and it's a it's a liquor store that it's like I would never have gone to because it's like way out of my way, like way, way out of my mm-hmm. way um, mm-hmm. compared to some of the nicer stores. And I just think I'm just not sure if they followed all the ropes to get it the proper way. But I am not questioning mm-hmm. it. I do not care. <laughs> what I like about it is it tastes like a Cabernet, but it doesn't. You don't have to leave it open for like an hour like you do yeah. for a Cabernet to like open yeah. up. It's ready to drink once you open it. Yeah. It makes me happy. <laughs> I, I like it because it gives me the, I don't know a better word to describe it. It gives me the fullness of a Sauvignon, but it's not quite as dry, which I like dry wine, but it's not quite as dry. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. make me pop my tongue. <laughs> afterwards if that makes sense <laughs> so i'm loving it i'm so glad i finally got to try it <laughs> yeah we're so excited for you <laughs> so um let me tell you what brought me joy lately recently rather my mom came over and spent uh new year's day with me and i had her watch homecoming for the first time how did she love it I mean when I tell you that my mom is such a Beyonce hater she is a hater she loved it like she was just in awe the whole time the whole time and Mm -hmm. like I I was spazzing I was like you know how when Mm -hmm. you make you know when you're little and you make your little craft project for your mom for Mother's Day, <laughs> like that's what I felt like. I was, yeah, I felt like I was presenting my Mother's Day craft. <laughs> we had a good time, and she actually she had no intentions of watching the whole thing because we started mm. it late, and we watched like um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom first, which I had already seen it, but she hadn't. So we watched mm-hmm. that first. And she was actually about to get ready to go. And when she sat back down, I was like, well, you sat back down, so I'm going to start something. I'm going to start Beyonce, because I knew she hadn't seen it. And she ended up staying for the whole thing. (laughs) I'm so excited. I really feel like Homecoming does turn the unbelievers into believers when it comes to Beyonce. And we had a long talk about, like, so I'm sure I have mentioned this on the show before, but, like, my parents were teenage parents and I knew my mom's college experience was, you know, different because by the time she went to college, she had been married, divorced, had a kid. She was there to do what she had to do and that was it. And mm-hmm. she always, like, it was always very important to her that I have like a 
true college experience because she didn't get to have one. So then she told me while we were watching Homecoming, my mom has never been to a HBCU game, like never, has never seen an HBCU band in person. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, no, never. And there were just so many like things that, you know, when you watch Homecoming, there's so many things that we know when we see it because we know it. But if you mm-hmm. never experienced that culture, then you just don't know it. So mm-hmm. we just had a great time just talking and comparing, you know, and she was just like, she was like, girl, I She's like, first of all, I went to Christian Brothers, okay? <laughs> I, I was not, like, going, I wasn't, like, going to any football games or things like that. I went to school to go to school. And, yeah, we, we had a little mother-daughter bonding moment. Speaking of things that we should have watched years ago, I finally watched the Wonder Woman movie. The it took me, like, one? The first yeah. one I meant, not the old one. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. yeah. It's literally like, nah, probably five hours because I kept pausing it and doing other stuff. But <laughs> I watched it. I enjoyed it. I know that I'm solidly a Marvel fan. <laughs> and DC just be DC. But it was cute. But it's funny. Like the fight scenes were so theatrical. I was like, this is the best ballet performance I've ever seen in my life. Like <laughs> the girls are like doing spins and stuff. And I was like, this is great. Not a real fight scene, but this is great. <laughs> yeah. I, the first one I liked as well. Um, I have not watched the most recent one because everybody's been saying it's awful. So I just haven't even watched it. I see your line sister is still going down and saying that it's the <laughs> she refuses to say it's awful she's like it's not as good but I'm like I you're the only person I've heard of that <laughs> I, I, did not call it shitty <laughs> I mean everybody I know has been calling it shitty right but... she doubled down and she's like I gotta support <laughs> well I might watch it then if she says it's okay then no, I will she's it. a big Wonder Woman fan though so <laughs> well but, I think that's why a... I liked the first one is because it really <laughs> kind of stuck to the lore um a good bit mm-hmm. um I know that's why I liked it because it wasn't like it was that great of a movie but I liked it because I like you know I like that sort of thing so they're sad mm-hmm. yeah I was like <laughs> never mind I don't want to spoil it <laughs> just in case nobody else has watched it thank either. you because you know I don't okay. like spoilers <laughs> <laughs> and I am going right. to watch it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, do you have reviews or can we move on to our tournament? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> after Winegate, after Winegate, right. I forgot. It was, it was very shocking for us all. I get it. I get it. <laughs> all right. So we're going to move on to our current event. So I'm going to tell y'all that Chris did a lot of things that triggered me on this episode. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm just trying to take this another level. <laughs> about Mitch McConnell, his home got vandalized. First thing on the door says, where's my money? And I'm like, but there's an H. <laughs> where? That's not important. That's not important. That's not important. <laughs> That's not important during, so during the people, battle. Okay. <laughs> 
Anyway, so um, Mitch McConnell's home was vandalized with spray painting and because, you know, he's being a whole dick about, you know, stimulus payments, even though his wife has basically just turned the whole transportation budget into, like, supporting him. Anyways, so um, he was like, I set my career fighting for the First Amendment and defending peaceful protests. <laughs> Fuck him. Fuck him. That's too much. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, the article did mention that uh Pelosi's home was vandalized as well. Um, but I just thought it was funny that somebody brought the shit to Mitch's front door. I just wish they would have spelled it correctly. But you know what? That would probably would have annoyed me more if somebody put a typo on my door. That would really fuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> if they did that shit at Scriptina, I would have to burn the home down. Oh I God! <laughs> okay. Do so not take Dorian with you when you go to make your protest signs. She's gonna judge your font <laughs> and your kerning. The kerning is basically like the distance between your words, right? <laughs> and I would probably judge people, but anyways. Okay, this next one. I really read it. I was like, Chris is trying to hurt me. And I don't care. Because this is. is fake news. Um, Lori Harvey and Michael oh. B. Jordan <laughs> responded traveling together in Utah ahead of New Year's Eve. And honestly, I feel like Lori Harvey just has a flavor of the month. And, you know, they ain't going to be serious. You know, I really didn't even think about you and your <laughs> Michael B. Jordan obsession. Because, I, I mean... When I read this, I didn't think anything about Michael B. Jordan because I don't like him like that. I just thought I love this for Lori because I love her living her best life. Like I, Lori is tearing these niggas up left and right. And I love that for her. And I am so excited about it. So I, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I really didn't. I was just like, doesn't she have somebody else's uncle today? <clears throat> Leave my bae alone. Lori said the streets <laughs> need her. Okay? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's trying to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> this is personal. <laughs> okay, next up. Funny enough, I think I learned how to say Potomac when Hamilton came out. Before that, I think I said like Potomac or something like that. Something oh, wow. Because <laughs> I didn't watch The Real Housewives. But Monique Samuels quits the Real Housewives of Potomac, says her family comes first. She's not returning, um, and she made an announcement on video, which I don't watch. <laughs> but she cites her family as the reason she's choosing not to return. And I totally get it. Like, the coin, the little bit of coin they give you is not worth stress in your real life. Um, yeah, a friend and I, uh, one of my friends were, well, several of my friends and I have been discussing this because, so initially when the reunion started, it was a whole big thing that I'm not going to go into because Doyen didn't watch the show, but basically <laughs> Monique, well, <laughs> basically she snatched another girl about a wig. Okay. Um, and the girl, well, anyway. Anyway, she snatched the girl by the week. So people were saying she got fired or she wasn't coming back. And she was like, nope, that wasn't the case. She got her letter, you know, whatever. But then after all three episodes of the reunion aired and she saw the editing, 
she's like, I'm not coming back. And, you know, here's the thing about reality TV. Mm-hmm. You've got to be able to allow them to be all up in your business, all up in your face. And I am team Monique all the way. And I get it. It's one thing for the women that I work with to not like me. It's a total another thing when production is screwing me. So how how can I? And yeah. she made it clear on the show that she didn't need that little chick. And I think that's mm-hmm. why a lot of the women hate her because they do need the chick. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, my husband and I are doing just fine. And she's got real life things going for her. Like, mm-hmm. um, so you do watch um Atlanta, right? I haven't watched it in years, but Oh, I, I thought did. well see, I don't know why I thought you were I don't know which one of my friends like has kept up with it up to date. So mm-hmm. I watched I watched this past Sunday's episode. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't watch it last season. I only watched the reunion. Mm-hmm. And Kenya is struggling. Like she's in so much pain. She is hurt. And it is clear that she is doing what she had to do to stay on this show for this check. Because if she didn't need that check, she would not mm-hmm. be. Oh my God. So, okay, y'all. What? So today I got called a thoroughbred. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that I got him off of my ass. And he is still in my inbox. Like, he's still messaging me now. Like, why? He probably needs somewhere to stay. He's probably homeless. Girl, he got a whole wife. <laughs> he got somewhere to stay. <laughs> he might not. <laughs> she might be about to put him out. <laughs> yeah, watch out for these homeless niggas in the winter. <laughs> like, I only responded to the first message the first message was just like hey how you been doing and i only responded to it because he had sent like several messages like over the past couple days and mm-hmm. we've always been cool like he's from my hometown we've always been cool his niece is my first cousin we've always been cool it's no big deal and i didn't want him to think i was being mean like and just ignoring him so i was like mm-hmm. hey what's up you know blah 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 and then he goes on to tell me how beautiful I've been looking. Mind you, I don't know the last time I posted a picture. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and he and I I know he hasn't seen me in person since like probably this time 2020. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> All right. And then it's like, and you've always been a thoroughbred. And I just lost my shit. Like I just I was at work and I just I mean I laughed so hard, y'all, I almost fell out of my chair. Because who the fuck thinks that's a compliment? Like I right. get what he's trying to say, but did you just call me a horse, a race horse at that? A stealthy horse at that. Uh, I mean, listen, so we were talking about so me and another friend was talking about like the stallion thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. the only like I, I don't like being referred to as a horse, period. I understand it's about the shape. I get it. But a stallion is a male. 
But I would still rather you call me a stallion than a thoroughbred. A thoroughbred sound <laughs> healthy as fuck. <laughs> like, like that horse ain't missing no meals. He's stout and healthy. Speaking of sort, um, thoroughbreds. Did you see? Oh, you probably didn't watch. But anyway, there's this wide receiver for Alabama. And when I say he jumped over a full grown male, like he was oh, just wow. a little hurdle. It oh, kept wow. going. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what they feed these Alabama <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you know I didn't watch the football. <laughs> the footballs. <laughs> I don't want to watch it, but unfortunately. <clears throat> I I should have prayed more specifically about a guy because like I want a guy that likes football. I don't want a guy that watches every single football game like Thursday uh, to Sunday. Oh yeah. We gotta watch football. Apparently, I have that. So, <laughs> listen, I had a friend who was married to a guy like that, and it was pretty stressful. <laughs> like fine. he bought we'll their he bought their cable packages based on like mm-hmm. the NFL ticket and whether you could get all the college game. Like everything was surrounded around football. No, at least he'll go over to the side and watch it. Not on my TV. I can do my thing, <laughs> but um. Sunday, I think it was the end of the Cowboys game. We're in the grocery store, and he's watching a Cowboys game, and I'm like, focus so he can get out of the store. <laughs> I know, that's real. <laughs> Anywho, I don't know what we were Didn't talking about, but I got distracted because I was called Third a thoroughbred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's looking for somewhere to live. Anyway. <laughs> He's trying to do some prep work because he already knows he's about to get put out. Well, putting his feelers out. Right. (laughs) We are not a homeless shelter. You can send him an address to a homeless shelter, but we're not a homeless shelter. I might do that. Okay. So, at the Universal Studios, um, this open mic records (laughs) Sheriff's Deputy having sex in Universal Studios. In the audio, you can hear a woman moaning as a dispatcher from the sheriff's station repeatedly tries to get her deputy's attention, telling him he had an open mic. It's unclear if he was in the car or nearby. That is the part that's funny. It's that you are clapping them cheeks and somebody is trying to tell you, hey, I hear you. I just feel like if ever there was to be a video or audio clipping, that's what. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I'm god! <laughs> like this is the place of children' dreams. Can you not? Can you not, sir? Everybody has dreams. I see. <laughs> well, it um, is the happiest place on earth. So, no, well, that was Universal Studios. I mean, that was Universal Studios. Disney yes, but it is located at Disneyland in California, and even okay. when you go to Florida, it's all considered. Disney World, so happiest place on earth. (laughs) Okay, next up. (laughs) Funny enough, I think I read somewhere on Twitter where they're like, oh, I can't wait till Rihanna comes out with life insurance because we're just like, (laughs) (laughs) might as well. We're just going to buy whatever. (laughs) Just just give me my, uh, what what was that card that um, Rev Run used to have? The the, the rush card. The rush card. Yeah. Just give me my Rihanna Rush card. I don't even care anymore. Girl, I wanted one of the Rush cards so bad. I wanted one of the baby fat ones. And my mom Same. was like, 
I wish, I mean, can you, can, I, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's persistent. Are you still okay. sick and fine is the message that just came through. You sure he's not in jail? He's sounding like a jail dude. No, nah, he right ain't now. in jail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna block. Well, I, I, I'm gonna block him. I'm gonna mute him because I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't. <laughs> like I literally just told him. I literally just told him that the black marriage is so important, <laughs> and you should try to keep it intact. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I told. I literally said, "I love when love wins." <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, nah, none of that shit. <laughs> okay, let's talk about our show. He's not gonna interrupt our show anymore. This is aggravating me. So Rihanna is reading a Caribbean cookbook, and I'm just going to tell y'all that I'm just gonna have my money ready. So she explains how she loves foods from her Barbadian roots and eats a lot of fresh fish. I love fish as well. Mm-hmm. But also enjoys comfort food and drinks like mac and cheese, shepherd's pie, and rum punch. All the things that I too love. When Although I saw that shepherd's I, pie, I thought of you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, don't make it expensive like your picture book. <laughs> Did you see that someone had messaged her? Mess message. I can't even talk. You know when they talk to you on Instagram. <laughs> someone mm-hmm. in the comments was like, um. Is this cookbook going to come with an album or is it going to be an album package or something like that? And Rihanna was like, girl, that is so 2019 energy. (laughs) I was like, 2020 has broken me. I don't even care. Whatever she wants to give me, I will receive. (laughs) I I will sing Pondy Replay while I cook cook some salt fish. Push down, run it together, and bubble over. I don't even care anymore. I, I am past that because 2020 has broken me to the point where <laughs> I just don't care anymore. Now, you know I haven't been like really excited or into anything makeup wise for a while now um, because mm-hmm. I'm not really wearing makeup. I am excited mm-hmm. to try her new powder foundation because I love powder foundations. Me too. Um, yeah, that's my summer foundation <laughs> You're gonna sweat it all off anyways, you know? so I'll just powder it up. I'm I'm excited <laughs> to try it. I might try it um sooner than later. Yeah. I heard though, um, guys, if you are considering trying it, because the of course all the advertisements say that the colors are the same, but I've heard reviewers say that those shades are darker than the pro filter shades. Alright. So I might so have keep to keep that in mind. Cause so I have two pro filters. Same. 450 <laughs> and 430, but I'm really 440. So I was like, ooh, I can finally get the 440 I deserve. Yeah. But I might have to go 430. <laughs> I, I, you know, I said I have two. I actually still never really nailed down my pro filter shade. Yeah. I just... Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> she deserves my coin. She does. I have no problem. <laughs> oh. Really, really quick. This is hot off the press. Um, Kim and Kanye are getting a divorce. Oh yeah. I mean, I did. <laughs> I did not. No, I did not know that. Like, this yeah. is my first time hearing that. But I'd heard. Um, I meant. I know I've mentioned gossip in the city on here before with Fee. Her blog is like she always knows 
everything. And she mentioned way back before the election when Kanye was doing all his crazy shit, she was like, him and Kim are about to get separated anyway. They're living totally separately. And that like, she really was just staying with him because he was in a crisis and she didn't want to leave him in the midst of, you know, but yeah, that that was coming. Yeah. And my friend was like, <laughs> she was like, I wonder who this guy's going to be. I'm like, we ain't even had the repass for Kimye. And you're already worried about the next dude. <laughs> I mean, and honestly, I'm sitting here thinking, like, I don't know. I don't know. Should I be, like, good for her? Or should I be, like, good for him? Let's just say good for both of them. I don't. It's, yeah. I think. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know either. Yeah. I know Kanye has some issues with mental health. And being with the Kardashians is being with the Kardashians. But, right. Yeah. But like and mental I, health doesn't make you do first, the things, yeah. or men- mental health issues rather, doesn't make you do the things that he's done and say the things that he's said. Like it doesn't yeah. make you be an ass, and or not in that way anyway. And mm-hmm. like I don't like if this had happened maybe a few years ago. Even though I've been done with Kanye for actually a very long time, but if this had happened mm-hmm. a few years ago, I probably would have been like good for him. But now it's like. Just good for both, good for of, both them. of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like especially with the whole political party thing and him right. bringing up the whole like abortion thing, and I'm like, yes, that's that's not yes. our business. <laughs> you didn't have to bring us into that. At all. We should have known but, Chris was gonna put an end to that as soon mm-hmm. as that happened. We should have known. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Um, I had like saved this article to put it in here, and then and I was gonna say, and he did it again, and then you already had him as Florida man, so I just put both of our descriptions in there. Anyways, um, Florida man who went to prison for impersonating a oh. doctor as a teen is arrested again, and he faces new fraud allegations. I like that he diversifies his fraud; like he he's not going to do the thing again. So Malachi Love Robinson, um. Who spent time pleading guilty to pretending to be uh, OBGYN is now 23 and is going back to jail because he's been stealing. <laughs> so basically, he was working with like a shipping company and he was just having people pay him directly. And they were like, no, <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> and so he's going back to jail. And they had mentioned that he had gotten in trouble maybe in Virginia or somewhere else for mm-hmm. like trying to buy a Ferrari <laughs> with cash, but he didn't have no cash. <laughs> I'm just saying, he <laughs> I stand a serial scanner. <laughs> I mean <laughs> we he get fired. knocked you know down what? ten times and we get right back he up again. Down <laughs> we get up so I was quoting Cardi, but it's okay if you're <laughs> Or Cardi is actually knocking down nine times, but I get up ten. But, you know, same thing, same thing. It's all good, because you got to have the hood yeah, and the gospel. Right. You got to have the hood and the gospel. That's the only way you're going to make it. <laughs> yeah. So. And the thing about it is, he, he could have been a real doctor by now. Because clearly he's, I mean, well, okay. No. Intelligent may be a, a strong word, but 
he does make it to a certain point in these scams. I mean, cause he got he got some money before you know. I don't know what happened to make him oh, tell on himself because he told on himself. So I don't know what happened. <laughs> but what what's going on? Y'all are going to jail. Period. Jail. Oh Malachi. I would love to study his brain. <laughs> I just—I mean, to be fair, there is some merit to going to jail. You get free health insurance. Listen, listen. you don't have to work every day. <laughs> listen, I—I I mean, that is like—I know niggas in real life that have looked me in my eyes and told me, "Listen, it's three hots and a cot, okay, and you ain't mm-hmm. gotta really worry about shit else." Mm-hmm. So. I mean, maybe Except for, you he know, like you. sexual assault or getting beat up. I mean, but still. <laughs> you know, or rats. <laughs> I scare myself. <laughs> <laughs> or mystery meat. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. Do, wait, do you, um, uh, I wait. I... <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm giving you time. <laughs> So I had a little tequila before showtime. Who cares? Um, (laughs) Somebody said, and they could have been lying because this was purely a tweet, but someone said that tequila had like less sugar than like other alcohol. And I said, I believe it. And I'm sticking with it. Anyway. It seems very organic. (laughs) (laughs) But okay. So do you watch The Bachelor? Yeah. Yeah, I watched last night's episode. No. I just want to say that I have noticed on my timeline within the last few days that all of the like media outlets are Mm -hmm. talking about like how excited everybody is for this guy and how we all think he's so handsome. But all the black people on my timeline ain't nobody checking for him because everybody's like, you finna leave that with a white woman. Yeah. And the show, I've never seen that many black women on The Bachelor before. The show mm-hmm. stacked it for him. And after I heard he that little him. speech he made, he basically said, I'm gonna pick a white woman. Mm-hmm. Even Rachel, like, she kept a black guy to, like, the final three. She didn't want to be with a black man. She just wanted to. Who is Rachel? She was the first black person on a bachelor oh. yeah i think we know people that know her but i don't know her i mean in real life um but i oh. don't know her yeah she's in dallas so i'm sure i know somebody who knows her yeah. but yeah um yeah like she just because that's what i, I remember that now re-watching and mm-hmm. she wanted to be the white guy and this guy <laughs> like we totally know he wants to be with a white person <laughs> I mean, absolutely no. <laughs> and I mean, a part of me like doesn't care, but yeah. I think it's just irritating me how I don't know how the media outlets are getting it so wrong. Y'all stay tiptoeing over into black Twitter because you know we set the tone for everything, but mm-hmm. you don't listen when it counts. And you keep yeah. talking about how excited everybody is that he's this and he's that. And literally every single black person on my timeline is like, this is some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so the main like when it comes to like media around Bachelorette, 
and bachelor mostly white so there's yeah. one that i follow which is like two girls one rose and it's black mm-hmm. and that's like the main black voice i've heard like on a media level about the bachelor otherwise it's just white people talking about it i cannot but, think of the name oh and like i'm scrolling really fast trying to see do does it pop up I'll I'll tell you I'll just tell you when I see it um later on but like this outlet is usually like it's they're white they're white mm-hmm. but they're usually pretty good about hearing our voices one of them is mm-hmm. the cut the cut did say something but the other one was like is it Jane red circle white J is that it it's something like that I'll mm-hmm. look but it's one of those it's definitely a white outlet but they're usually pretty good they're usually pretty good about like. They definitely have some either black writers or someone watching what we say, and usually mm-hmm. they do better. And I was just like, mm, "Girl, we ain't check a film." Anywho, <laughs> let's move on, girl. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a break right quick and listen to our sponsor. We are back, and it is time for us to slide on over to our someone something. Slide on over to us, someone, something. Oh, okay, okay. I was, I, listen, I was all, pre- I, keep me on my toes. I like it. Keep me on my toes. <laughs> you you changed it, so I had to change it. <laughs> so this week's Someone Something is about Bianca Smith. Bianca Smith has made history becoming the first black woman to coach Major League Baseball. Let's give her a round of applause. We do not get our flowers as blacks in Major League Baseball, period. And now we got a woman Mm -hmm. coming in here and she about to shake shit up. So she has been hired by the Boston Red Red Sox as a minor league coach. And is currently the assistant baseball coach and hitting coordinator at Carroll University in Wisconsin. The 29-year-old will work with the team's infielders at the Red Sox minor league facility in Fort Myers, Florida. She was a great candidate coming in. Ben Crockett, Red Sox vice president of player development, told the Boston Globe, She had some really interesting experiences and has been passionate about growing her skill set and developing herself. Carol's head coach, Stein Rear, echoed Crockett's praises of Smith and said she's a great candidate for the role. She relates really well to our guys, Rear told the Washington Post. She came in and she got to work and connected with our guys and stole a lot of one-on-one work with them. I don't know what that means, but anyway. So she's built a lot of good relationships <laughs> with them, which I think is a great quality. Robert Lewis Jr., the founder of The Base, a Boston-based organization that supports any inner-city youth with academic and athletic opportunities, said, Smith's hiring is a milestone. I'm not going to lie to you. A black woman? I mean, there's all this symbolism that goes along with it. We all know the Red Sox being the last team to sign a black person, Lewis said. The one great thing that I loved about it was, you know, having looked at her credentials, this isn't just someone that has experience at the college level. She is going in competent and qualified. 
the Red Sox plan to officially announce her appointment later on this month. So congratulations to Bianca Smith. I know, right? (laughs) And the thing that he said at the end about like, she's not just someone who's like filling in a quota, but she's got this really impressive resume. Like that made Mm -hmm. me proud and angry at the same time. Because of course she does, because that's what we have to do in order to mm-hmm. get the job. We got to be better than everybody else. So, yeah. anywho, congratulations to Bianca Smith. I'm not a, a baseball fan, but this makes me so happy. By the way, she did start off as an intern for the Texas Rangers as a whole Dallas fan. That is my team. So, exciting that we gave her a start. Hey. <laughs> So you got a personal connection. (laughs) We can move along to our poor life decision. So this week (laughs) we're going to talk about hoarding and not the junk kind of hoarding, emotional hoarding. (laughs) I know, right? I hope y'all are ready. (laughs) Let me tell you, I picked this topic because it sounded cute. And when I saw, like when I just saw the, it was clickbait. I saw the title. I thought, oh, that's cute. Emotional hoarding. Great. I read it and let's just say I am shooketh at what I think I've discovered about myself. So let's talk about emotional hoarding. So the author starts out talking about her experience with senior citizens and how sometimes they hoard things and how they all basically say, you know, when you grow up with little to nothing, you tend to store up things for a rainy day, you know, just in case, which is Mm -hmm. how many of them ended up with so much stuff. Then she mentions a younger person whose house was covered you know, from top to bottom with junk. And it had been like that for years. And it's only been since that person started going to therapy for like some emotional issues that there had become like a noticeable change. Like they had started clearing some things out. In both instances, there had been an emotional link connected to why people hoard things in the physical sense. Um, Doyen, did you ever watch the show uh, Clean House. Mm-mm. It's it's a way back throwback to when, do you remember when they used to have the Style Channel? It used to be on the Style Channel and Niecy <laughs> Nash was the host. And it was, who wants a clean house? <laughs> and Niecy Nash and her crew would show up and these people houses would just... And most of the time, it wasn't just like the house needed to be cleaned. It was a lot of hoarding going on. And every yeah. time, it was so emotional. And it would be things that, first of all, Niecy Nash was the best host ever on that show. When she left the show, the girl that played Laura Winslow, I forget her real name, she hosted mm-hmm. it after that. And she did okay. But she wasn't as good as Niecy with getting people to part with their things And I just remember every episode, somebody breaking down and crying over something that, you know, to us was nothing. It would be something like, I don't know, a microwave that hasn't worked in like 15 years or Mm -hmm. a rickety chair that 
only has one leg left. You can't even sit in it. Like it was, but it was always just this big emotional um, attachment to it. And so when I read that, it made me think about that show and how emotional it was. Like every episode, it was really good. Yeah, I I tried to watch. Who is that Asian ladies? Marie Kondo. Yes. I tried to watch her show, but it was like white people crying about nothing. And so I didn't want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but I also get like, you know, there's things I have in my home. Like, I have my dad's mug. Do I need it? No. Do I drink out of it? Absolutely not. But I have it because it's a physical reminder of him. But I'm also like, it's taking up space. And so yeah. I'm, I'm having to grapple between like, do I really need it? It's not going to bring him back. Do I need it? Yeah. And that's I'm still kind not of, there yet, but still. <laughs> well, that's kind of the conversation that Nisi would push people towards. Um, mm-hmm. That Yeah. And, and she would often trade with them. And so, mm-hmm. like, let's say she might get you to put that in the yard sale. Because she makes you sell everything that can be sold. She makes you mm-hmm. sell it to raise the money and then she'll match your money then take that money to redo your house and so mm-hmm. she would like get she'd like maybe like find a picture of you and your dad and like get it in a special frame or something like she would make a trade with you um mm-hmm. and Marie Kondo was a little to me hers was a little bit different like it was just mm-hmm. unorganized <laughs> maybe <laughs> I don't know anywho so the author moves on and um, she says, you know, that this prompted her to consider emotional hoarders. And um, mm. what she means by that is if we are indeed people who tend to accumulate for preservation, future use, etc., in a hidden or carefully guarded place, then that's emotional hoarding. You know, not realizing that living this way is only cluttering our lives making our world so much more complex than it really has to be. Have you ever thought about that before? I'm asking. (laughs) Well, you just said it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You've thought about it. And I have to. So. I'll take it the next step. And I'll say, I'm a people hoarder. (laughs) Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. Hold your horses, buddy. (laughs) So she offers up some signs and some, some questions to ask yourself to figure out, are you indeed an emotional hoarder? Sign number one, you get into unnecessary relationships. When it comes to broaching the topic of emotional hoarding, A good place to start is by asking yourself if you've got relationships in your life that you don't actually need. People who are draining your energy or causing drama or even just ridiculous distractions. And you're only and or you're only really keeping them around because they've been around, even though neither one of you are truly benefiting from the other one. So. When she says that you could be an emotional hoarder if you keep folks around that you don't need, what she means is keeping them in intimate parts of your life, like where you don't need them, where they can reap from you in the same way that those who are truly worthy of doing so are able to. Uh, Moving some folks into the we cool sphere can free up a lot of your time, resources, and feelings so that you can 
give to those who are truly deserving. The ones who reciprocate in a way that actually, you know, you need them to. So that got a little heavy. <laughs> and but honestly, I think... that lightened up for me because I was like, you know me. I, I keep people in buckets all day. So I was like, you know what? That's fine. Because I, I do have people who I don't talk to regularly. And it's not like we're on like block each other level. But I also don't feel the need to sew into their life on a regular basis. Yeah. And and I was about to say, um, I just, I wrote myself a note <laughs> that was like heavy out the gate. Because it was like, why did she start with that one? But in all <laughs> honesty, I am pretty good about moving people to we just cool circles. So, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, and I think that's the thing you kind of, like, learn with age is, like, we only have so much energy to be friends with people. So <laughs> you true. learn to prioritize <laughs> that that's really true. quick. And, like, I have a lot of friends, but I, yeah, I don't put the same energy to every single friend I have. Exactly. Exactly. So our next sign, you suck at forgiving others. If you're someone who follows the Bible, (laughs) if you're someone who follows the Bible, the fact that Matthew 6, 14 through 15 tells us that God won't forgive us unless we forgive others should be enough of a reason to do it. Then if you add to that, the fact that forgiveness reduces our anxiety levels, soothes depression related symptoms, strengthens our heart improves our immunity, and even gives us better mental health. There really is no win in being intentional about not forgiving others. I think people get caught up on what forgiveness looks like, and the author kind of defined it, or she kind of painted it a really good way. She says that, you know, all forgiving someone really is doing is one, (laughs) You choosing not to let them or what they did run your life. Two, it's keeping you abreast of the fact that you also need forgiving from time to time. Three, you free up the bitterness and resentment so that you can let others into your life without penalizing them for what happened that had nothing to do with them. Four, it's teaching you how to peacefully release rather than violently cutting people off. And five, it's helping you to heal so that you can thrive. And the, the author poses this question at the end of this saying, if everything that you didn't forgive manifested itself into a piece of junk, how much clutter would be in your house? <laughs> Listen, guys still working on me on this forgiveness thing. I, I'm trying to not be like bitter about stuff, but I also very much enjoy being petty. <laughs> so we're still working on the full forgiveness yeah. and letting things go. Um, thing. So I, I mean, I think I'm self-aware enough to get this right, but I'm pretty mm-hmm. good at forgiving. I forgive actively before Mm -hmm. I truly do forgive on the inside Um, because Mm -hmm. sometimes 
I got to go through the motions to help make it happen. And one thing that um, she said that really is what like spurs me into forgiving others or uh, looking at things a different way is keeping in mind that from time to time, I need people to forgive me. Hell, every day I probably need people to forgive me because <laughs> I honestly live in my world. Everybody knows mm-hmm. me there. They're kind to me and they don't piss me off. So most of the time <laughs> I'm oblivious to what's going on around me, which yeah. makes me come off short or mean sometimes. And it's not because I'm not, you know, it's not because I'm trying to be that way to that person. It's just that, I have no idea what's going on. I really wasn't paying attention to you. I'm in my own head. And what I am concerned or upset about has to do with me, not you. So I need people to forgive me on the regular. And I think that's the thing that makes me always, I always try to treat, I literally always try to treat people the way I want them to treat me. I'm not always good at it. (laughs) I'm not always good at it, but I do try. (laughs) Yeah. I, I have a long running situation where it's like the person who I should be mad at, I'm not mad at, but I'm mad at everybody else around that circle for like praising him for being such a good guy when he's not. (laughs) Yeah. And so, like, that's a hard thing for me to work through and truly learn to forgive. And it's weird. But other than that, like, I feel like. For the most part, most things. If I would be mad at him because someone who fucked up, I would probably be done with this whole situation. But because there's so much other stuff in it, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> you made an excellent point um, about, and well, this does tie into forgiveness. I was going to say I don't know if it ties into forgiveness, but it definitely ties into hoarding feelings. You made an excellent point about being petty and being bitter and the thing about it is it is the times that I have chosen peace like I've actively chosen Mm -hmm. peace I've actively chosen to be happy to get over it and to treat this person with kindness it Mm -hmm. felt better but let me tell you Mm -hmm. it's easier to be bitter it's easier to be petty like it was work for me girl I've been there it was work for me to (laughs) it was work for me to even smile and say hey how you doing to this bitch okay it was work (laughs) but truth be told I felt better on the inside when I did that versus Mm -hmm. me walking by rolling my eyes and sucking my teeth but it's easier yeah. to be bitter. It's easier to sit in those feelings. But it does feel better when you let that go. We go, we cleaning a house today. Who wants a clean house? We cleaning house today, y'all. We're gonna get rid of these. <laughs> we're gonna get rid of these feelings we're hoarding. Okay. <laughs> Our next sign. You hide your true feelings. Sometimes you become an emotional hoarder because you wait for someone to figure out what you need or how you feel rather than being forthcoming, genuine, and honest and letting others know. Someone who truly cares about you and wants to get to know the real you, guess what? Whatever comes along with that, so long as you are not delivering it in an abusive or combative way, 
They can handle it. And all I'm going to say about this part mm-hmm. is this is a big one for me and I am not ready to unpack it. So there you go. <laughs> for some reason, I was like, this one is the best play because I'm a cancer. <laughs> and all I do is feel my feelings. <laughs> I feel you know my feelings. I learn. Yeah. But I am not well, good at expressing them. And that is one yeah. thing that I that I admire about uh Doyen is her ability to say, Hey, when you said this, it made me feel that. I like if you ask me, should you confront somebody else about how they made you feel? I'm gonna tell you absolutely. And not even and confronting is not a bad thing. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not one to do a bunch of Bible talk, but the Bible does teach us that we confront people so that they don't do it again. It's not about being vicious. It's just letting this person know, hey, you hurt me because sometimes people don't even know that what they said or did hurt you. So then you're going to build up resentment with them doing it over and over again. So if you ask me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you absolutely. As far as me, I never say anything like I squash Mm -hmm. it down and I I. I don't, I don't know why I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to unpack this on this show right now. (laughs) (laughs) So my personality type is ENFP. So like for me, I sense a lot of people's emotions and I used to expect other people to sense my emotions. Turns out everybody else sucks, but my personality type. (laughs) And so I had to learn to like tell people what I want. Sometimes it's not the easiest, especially in a dating relationship where it's like, well, you said this little thing and it upset me and it might become a fight, but I'm like, at least I said it, you know, <laughs> at least I got it out of me, you know? And so I, I share my feelings because I don't think most people understand them and yeah. they usually come from a very deep place. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like, when, especially when I do share my feelings, I'll be like, okay, let's start here. This is the reason why this triggered me. Right. right. <laughs> and then we can go on from there. And sometimes I think part of my problem is I do recognize that a lot of my feelings are just me once again, living in my head. And like, Mm. I literally sat here and hurt my own feelings. And so I do that all the time. (laughs) And so it's like, it's so you like, it's a juggling act. Like, yeah. But at the same time, you still have to let that person know. It's just, it's just, it's just a juggling act. Because yeah. and sometimes for me, I just have to think through like I think of what I would say to that person, and then I'm like, if this sounds utterly ridiculous, you just hurt your own feelings yes. and go sit down. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do that too. It's just hard for me to explain to people like how they make me feel without probably hurting their feelings, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like I just I feel like it takes too much to explain and to be real, it probably doesn't. It honestly probably yeah. doesn't because everybody got feelings and everybody's it been misunderstood. Of, yeah. It comes with a level of vulnerability. So what I'm like, okay, you heard my feelings. I'm like, are we even good enough friends for me to have this level of vulnerability yes. with you? Yes. No. Cool. I'm putting you on the outer circle (laughs) and I'm not coming back to you with anything. (laughs) Perfect sense. Perfect sense. I'm going to start doing that. These are my emotional coping tactics. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. So, (laughs) our next sign. You obsess over people, things, or ideas. Yeah. (laughs) Worry can be a form of obsession. Being a control freak can be a form of obsession. Always trying to change what you cannot and perhaps even should not can be a form of obsession. Wishing you were something or someone that you're not can be a form of obsession. Wanting who or what doesn't want you can be a form of obsession. Manipulating things in order to get what you want can be a form of obsession. Basically allowing any person, thing, or idea to dominate your life by the very definition of obsession is a form of obsession. I just want you to know that I don't appreciate you reading me this way. I don't have that much edges because I cut my hair off and you just try to scout me and I don't understand why you why you (laughs) Bring it to the altar. Just bring it to the altar. (laughs) And here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the thing. As you mature, you learn that mastering life is about finding balance. In part, this means that if anyone or anything is throwing you off your kilter, at the end of the day, it's time. It's taking up way too much time and room in your psyche, and it's costing you more than you can afford. And I wrote, I wrote a note to myself. This <laughs> one hurt my feelings. Like, because <laughs> are you gonna see no evil, hear no evil? <laughs> Dora is tying a blindfold around her eyes. Like <laughs> it is a it is a see through scarf, by the way. So you can still see. <laughs> I mean, it just yeah. I am I am a worrier. It is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a control freak, which took me a very long time to recognize and accept, and it's still. Um, feels weird to even say it because Mm -hmm. when people would tell me that I was controlling I thought they meant like I was trying to tell them what to do and I was like I do not you know I couldn't I couldn't see it I don't try to control people (laughs) but I definitely try to control situations (laughs) like (laughs) yeah that was when we when we when we when we sat down and said the three of us said, we're going to do this pod. I think that was one of the first things I said to y'all. I didn't say it in this way. Because I think what I said was, I promise I'm not going to be the teacher to y'all. But really what I was saying is, I promise I won't control freak this. So I haven't lived up to that <laughs> promise. But I've tried really hard. <laughs> I've tried really uh, hard. Yeah, I think last year I learned that water signs are manipulative. And I see it, especially in my romantic situations where I'm like, oh, you definitely are manipulating this with your emotions. <laughs> Listen, the first like you time. You're going to start crying because you want him to like do what you want. <laughs> the first time my supervisor <laughs> called me, this was at a former job, called me manipulative. Like I broke down in tears in his <laughs> office. And he was like, so he had us do, I can't remember. It was, it was a, it was a, um, personality assessment i can't remember which one it was Mm -hmm. and he called us each in one by one (laughs) and went over our results with us 
And he was like, no, no, no. You, he said, first of all, you and I scored the same thing. So everything I'm saying about you is about me. And he said, when you hear the word manipulative, you're thinking you're being bad. He said, you're thinking of it in an evil way. Like you're tricking people out of their money. He's like, no, mm-hmm. he said, but you have a way of getting people to do what you want them to do. He was like, which is why I put you on the teams that I put you on when we're working on stuff that I need <laughs> to get done. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Cause all I could see was like, what's her name? Evil. On, um, the, the emperor's new clothes. Um, you know mm. who I'm talking about? Okay, never mind. Mm. <laughs> All I saw was a Disney villain <laughs> when he said that. <laughs> Delilah from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Delilah. <laughs> oh, okay. Our next sign. You are always in emotional debt. Sometimes we keep certain people, places, things, and our ideas in our lives out of convenience. It's not really that they are so awesome or beneficial. It's more like they are familiar. Yet when we make the move to release them, we realize that they were actually doing us more harm than good. That we were putting us into an emotional debt because they weren't giving us what we needed. Or they always had some sort of drama attached to them. Or they never really served a true purpose. Yet because we kept engaging them like they did, it ended up putting us in some level of emotional debt because after all, debt is basically an obligation or a liability. When relationships are healthy and purposeful, they are not disadvantaged. Oh, I, can't, I can't say the word disadvantages. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> you can see clear and immediate benefits that come from having that particular person or thing or idea in your life. You don't keep them around just because you're used to them being there or because you're afraid of what it will cost you to make wiser decisions. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty good and clear cut. I don't yeah, think I have I, I think I've been through these type of situations and yeah. They praise God they're not a thing anymore. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> we we good at cutting people off. <laughs> We are who to cut off. <laughs> um, someone sent me a meme about that, about cutting people off, and it was about how like an Aquarius will cut you off and pretend like um God never created you. And I said, <laughs> what's so weird is that like people, my friends, people that I work with, I get teased about the way I do that a lot, and I don't even really do it on purpose all the time. But like, if I'm mm-hmm. done with you, I'm done with you, and I do literally forget that you were ever created. And I remember being like in middle school and my dad pointing out to me that I do that. And he was like, that worries me about you. (laughs) And I was was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like, I have somebody who I'm not friends with anymore. And like, I still regularly think about her. And I tweeted about like that. And my friends are like, is she worth it? And they said so many great things for me to think about. Yeah. Like, you know, if she was thinking about me, she could have hit me up too. But she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and our yeah. relationship ended in disrespect. And so, you know, I'm a little sad right now because I used to buy Girl Scout cookies from her daughter. So now I got to find another peddler. 
<laughs> you can buy but some from my I'll friend's daughter. I will send you the link. <laughs> I just, I, some people had told me on Facebook, I'm like, I don't want to pay shipping for cookies. <laughs> girl, me neither, to tell you the truth, yeah. but it's my I best friend. I a local so. girl scout. <laughs> so our I final... don't need the cookies. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't even really care that much for Girl Scout cookies, except for shortbread. I love shortbread. Um, mm. I love the peanut butter ones, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. I buy them for granted. I like the thin mints. I thin mints are I like them okay, but I don't really buy them. If someone else has some, I might eat one. I usually buy me a box of shortbread, and that's it. Mm. I'll buy Granny some shortbreads because she like to eat them in the morning with her coffee. And she loves <laughs> caramel delights. They is caramel delights. Samoas. I knew you were gonna do it. <laughs> I knew you Listen, were gonna we do were it. saving it to part. I don't understand <laughs> why you call them caramel delights. Because they are caramel delights. <laughs> when I was selling Girl Scout cookies, they were caramel delights. So I'm gonna call them caramel delights because they mama named them caramel delights. I watched Coming to America <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> Okay, our final point. We're going to wrap this up. Our final point is, you know what? You don't know how to let shit go. (laughs) What is hoarding all about? At the end of the day, it's really simple. It's about not letting shit go. It could be something that's related to a bad experience. It could be what connects you to feelings for a person who, at the end of the day, is fruitless in your life. It could be fears about leaving a job, city, or church. It could be holding on to a friend who really isn't. It could be refusing to shift from who you were and how you used to process things 10, 5, or even 2 years ago. Anything or anyone that you know that you know that you know that you know is impeding your growth, but you keeping them around qualifies as something or someone that you're emotionally hoarding on some level. And the author ends the article by saying, the more I release what no longer serves me, the more my life makes complete, total, and peaceful sense. There is no time like the present to stop hoarding what you don't need. What are you waiting for? Do it. Y'all, this was a good-ass article. (laughs) I just feel like you didn't have to start the year just abusing us. I mean, I mean, I really feel like sweet Jesus placed this on the pod this week. Jesus picks the pick the PLD for this week. Because I literally just thought, you know, it was a Hello Nicole article. Uh the little the little picture was cute. And I was like, oh, hoarding. This'll be cute. And then I didn't know it was gonna be this heavy. But it's it's true. And like Erica Badu said, pack light. Yeah, I'm the bag lady. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to um say to close that out? <laughs> what did you say? I said no. I just need a minute. Yeah. It's a lot, but I charge. I charge us all to reevaluate the emotional hoarding that we're doing, and let's let's kick off 2021 light and carefree so now it's time for us to move on to so a few things oh (laughs) Uh, kept scrolling and viola davis and her husband take baths together for fun which is cute and maya has been married to herself for seven years 
This is Okay, so <laughs> we can move along. Who been married Maya. to themselves? Um, she? Maya. Oh, the singer Maya? I'm moving on, Maya. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's you know, move I'm on. getting real close to my self marriage date as I get older. <laughs> let's move on to Doyen's favorite part of the show. <laughs> the Bayou all right um i'll go first okay i am buying a drink this week for myself because (laughs) i um things have been just everybody everybody's had a rough 2020 um covid is still wrecking a lot of our lives um and so with all that that's going on i said you know what i'm gonna start this year off right i'm gonna get back into my morning routine and thus far i have been successful every morning in 2021 i have gotten up um even when i didn't want to even these past few days when I've been going to work and I was sleepy as hell because I didn't go to bed on time, I still got up at a time that would allow me to do my morning routine um, completely, my full routine. And I must say, it has helped. Um, you know, I was a little late for work the other day. I was late, but it was earlier than my normal late. So I feel like that's mm-hmm. good. So. <laughs> So yeah, I'm gonna buy myself a drink for sticking to it, and yeah, that's it. Yay me! I'm not buying a drink for my memory because I forgot. Um, oh, I remember. Okay, I'm buying a drink for everyone in Georgia who voted for the right people. (laughs) I think they're still. They're still counting the votes, and we should probably have an answer by the time the podcast releases. But I really want to thank you all who did the work and went out and voted. Um, you know, because our democracy is literally like in a scary space right now. So, whatever we can do, our own parts to try to make a difference is good. Yes, um, I'm going to be Stacey Abrams when I grow up. That's all. <laughs> I bought her book on Audible. Have I opened it? No, because I still have Michelle to finish. Obama gave me like a three-day book. No, it was like a 26-hour book, but still. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know his book was so, I mean, I haven't bought it yet, but I just heard somebody else talking about it, and they were saying like it was 700 mm. and something pages or something. It's long-winded as fuck. I'm like, Obama. He had a lot to say. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, if you're wondering how to get in touch with us, we're on the Instagram. It's Poor Life Decision. One decision because we're changing them one at a time. Mm-hmm. We're on the Twitter. It's PLD Pod. I think Yes might be coming back. I started talking about TV shows because that's what we do on Twitter. Um, yes. yes, might be coming back. And hopefully we get some more shows in the fall. I mean, this winter. Yeah. Um, I have a list of shows. I just need to like go reach out to people. Like, hey, where's my big little life? <laughs> 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 it's a lot of foolishness. Um, 
we are also our Etsy page is Cool Life Decision One Decision. Like I said, you can go buy your favorite alcohol related gifts, such mm. as um, a mug, <laughs> a mug where you can put your tea, and I say tea lightly, quote unquote. Really, it's a hot toddy. But anyway, still tea. That's still always tea. good. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you can always email us at hello at poorlifedecision.com. You can send um, maybe a peacock. Don't send sketchy birds, especially mm-hmm. now pigeons. We don't trust them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I have firmly renewed my distrust for emus. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of sketchy and they don't really fly. Rude AF. <laughs> Ostriches too. I did a long wiki how article on how to like survive an ostrich attack. <laughs> I'm laughing because why are we so alike? Why are we so different and so alike? <laughs> We're alike in every way that it matters. <laughs> Pretty much. Alrighty. Um. Yeah, guys. Just. Once again, we appreciate you for listening. We try to lighten, you know, your week up as well as help you get your shit together. Um, mm-hmm. Cannot stress to you enough. Check out that Etsy shop. Cute, cute gifts. Be sure to go to iTunes or wherever you listen to us, but specifically iTunes and rate us five stars. The others do not work. Leave us a sweet message and we will read it on air and you will be world famous podcast famous I can't remember and, what to say and if you send us a screenshot uh, just DM it to us and your address we can also send you a poor life decision sticker listen let me tell y'all something like, gracious like that. y'all keep leaving these wonderful reviews and I swear I read them and I swear I'm gonna remember to like do it on the show I read them because they make me feel good when I have a bad day y'all leave these wonderful reviews but you're not letting us know so that we can send you your sticker so let us know so that we can send you your sticker um oh in exciting news um sunscreen for black girls finally came out with their oily skin edition it's on pre-order right now i have pre-ordered mine when i get it i'm gonna tell y'all about it and and, and that normal ones yeah (laughs) but i but i wear the normal one i just wear um i don't use a moisturizer when i wear it and i wear a primer on top but anywho um drink your water be kind to each other. Be gentle to yourself. And you know, I don't I know. sunscreen recommendation. Sure. Mary Kay has a foundation primer that has SPF in it. And it, it feels like, it doesn't feel heavy. <laughs> so. you, you still need a separate sunscreen. Why? <laughs> it has SPF in it. Why do I need separate sunscreen? Because you've got to reapply that sunscreen multiple times a day. You don't want to keep caking foundation (laughs) on your face multiple times a day. Oh, I just wear it. I don't put foundation on. (laughs) I thought you said, oh, you said it wasn't a foundation. What did you say, Barry? No, it was a foundation primer. Oh, it's a primer. Okay. You still don't want to keep putting primer on your face multiple times. Well, maybe. That actually might not be a bad (laughs) idea. Like right now, especially if the sunscreen is greasy. But yeah, yeah, you're supposed to, you're supposed to reapply your sunscreen every two hours. I am not that diligent about it, but Fair that's enough. what you're supposed to do. 
That's what you're supposed to do. That's not what I'm going to (laughs) do. Well, I am going to work on it. I'm going to find a good, easy, effective, efficient way to do that with wearing makeup and bring it to y'all because I care about y'all skin. Um, (laughs) Drink some water. We love y'all. Take your vitamin D. It's good. Especially now in the winter. Put that big match up. Right in my little garage. Yeah. You said vitamin D. Bye, we love y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and you said there's pink black girls in that area codes. These black girls need to be in the shows. Be on the runways, not just mood boards. On top of that, we got a steam in your team. Look at your crown, natural, relax at a Jericho. One time soft and sheen. Where black girl magic is sometimes blue. Might broke a hairband or two. Raise my voice, you're gonna say that I'm angry. Kiss my teeth, and now you say that I'm hood. Kid at 16, you say it's my destiny. Drive range, you think I'm up to no good. Give us a break and let us breathe, man. Give us a chance that is a chief, huh? And I know that my hair looks a bit different today.